This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, football fans, and welcome to the Onside Kick. Money is Ricky Widmer. As always, I'm joined by the Mark Weber. Dub them ease. And if you're on blogtalkradio.com, thank you for uh, tuning in, listening to us today. If you're on SoundCloud, don't forget, as of October 1st, we're going to be bye-bye from the SoundClouds. you got to go to blogtalkradio.com backslash the onside kick to get all your onside kick podcasts in October and beyond. And if you're on YouTube, hey guys, how's it going? You can see us. Mark, Mark I waved. waved. Okay. I was going to say, Mark, wave, waved everybody. But he already did that. We got a jam-packed show for you guys, mm-hmm. as always. We're going to be talking some Tyrod Taylor. Got a new deal with the uh, the Buffalo Bills. We also got the Cleveland Browns. I was shocked that Mark came in today and was like, I want to talk some uh, some Cleveland Browns. So we're going to talk some Cleveland Brown offense mm-hmm. well, it was, more specifically. It was raining here today so it was kind of gloomy and sad so i figured we Factory might as well talk about style the, so we're, 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 we're living like a cleveland fan usually lives and then the last topic we're going to dive into some fantasy football i'm going to try to throw some fantasy football in from now until the beginning of the season going to look at ezekiel elliott and where he should go in your fantasy drafts but mark let's start off with this buffalo bills tyrod taylor contract it's a six-year deal that's worth $92 million. When you saw that this deal went across the table, what was your first kind of like expectation, not expectation, your first reaction to it? Well, I think it's a bit of a, it, it's back and forth. It's a bit of an overreaction because it's just one mm-hmm. season of Tyrod Taylor. You know, it's really all they have. And yeah, it was a great season for him. Um, but, you know, it's, you have no clue if this is your your main guy. And you had a guy like Cardale Jones, who some people were excited about. A lot of people thought that he's got potential developmental quarterback type of uh, abilities that you can develop him into something great. And and you look at this and you're saying, well, they didn't overpay. You know, they really got fair market value for a guy like Tyrod Taylor, um, especially if he continues to progress and continues to be better. But I just sit there and I think, Rex Ryan, I know he didn't make this contract happen, but Rex Ryan all in here. He's got this one season. They made sure they got that quarterback. They've tried to put as much around him as they can. They've been trying to get this defense Mm -hmm. to be as solid as possible. They're doing everything they can to add to this great run attack and really make Rex Ryan's only chance happen. I just think, hey, bit of a... uh, a little too soon, a little premature, but I don't hate what they're doing. Well, that is that's what I immediately thought of was wait a second. You want to give this quarterback big time money, but if you don't make the if, if you don't make the playoffs, you're going to get rid of your head coach. Basically getting a new guy coming in who might want his own quarterback. Who's going to want a new guy? Let's be honest. There's let's say I say like maybe a 10% that when you get a guy coming in, unless it's a Tom Brady, a Peyton Manning, a Andrew Luck, I'm even going to throw Blake Bortles out there. If it's a quarterback like that, nine times out of ten, you're sitting there going, I want my own guy. You're yeah. not my guy. Get out of town. For sure. And they might be like kind of transitional. Of, okay, you can hang out for a year and let's see what happens. But eventually they're going to want 
their guy who fits their mm-hmm. system. Tyrod Taylor might not be the guy who fits, you know, quarter our coach X's system in that case. So really they're all in. Man, they really need to get to the playoffs. Well, and it's gonna be hard as hell. And I mean Tyrod, I got the stats for him in front of me and he played 14 games last season. Good accuracy. I mean, 60, 63%, almost 64% completion accuracy, over 3,000 yards. The best thing he did was 20 touchdowns to the six INTs, about 12.5 yards per completion, 216, almost 217 yards per game, and had a QBR of 67.84. So, I mean... Maybe the QBR, you're sitting there going, hey, maybe I want a quarterback with a higher QBR than that. But all the other things, that's if you get those numbers from a Rex Ryan quarterback, you're in good shape. You're in, mm-hmm. not, okay, I'm not going to say good shape. I'm going to say you're in okay shape. You need other things around you, like a run game like and some one receivers of the best, to help you. Yeah, yeah, like one of the best run games mm-hmm. in, the, in the league last year. You know, the thing that the that the Buffalo Bills need to really become that Rex Ryan dream team is the defense to take that step forward mm-hmm. because Tyrod Taylor doesn't need to be amazing. He just needs to game manage and do enough, you know, and for Tyrod Taylor, a guy who can use his legs a little bit too, that's just, that's the cherry on top right there. So the defense, if they step up a little bit, if they get that going, uh, you know, that's why they get a guy like Shaq Lawson. That's why they drafted a Reggie Ragland. Uh, you know, they go for defense for the first three picks before grabbing Cardale Jones, which of course now if you're gonna give Card uh if you're gonna give Tyrod Taylor this big deal, I don't really understand drafting Cardale mm-hmm. Jones. But whatever, whatever. This these were different days that these things happened. Mm-hmm. But you know, they're doing what they need to do. The problem that the Buffalo Bills have is just that they are in too good of a division because the Patriots pretty much always have it locked up. Uh, and now that Fitzmagic is back, the Jets are a good team. So there's two teams who are either ahead of you or right at the same spot you are for this division. It's tough. This is way too hard. It's not like they can sit there and say, we should easily be able to win this division. Mm-hmm. They're just struggling to make a wild card spot. And that's the main thing, and I'm pulling up right now. I've got my little link with every single team, the records. By the way, guys, next week we're going to have another video podcast here for the onside kick. We're going to do our official hold us to them kind of divisional predictions and playoff predictions, and someone's going to get the kiss of death. That's just going to happen next week. But, I mean, I, I look at this division. I'll give you guys a little like spoiler alert, a little sneak peek into what I'm thinking, I've got three teams in the AFC East as of right now that are double-digit wins, except one of them sitting at home, and that's the Buffalo Bills. Still a 10-6 and six team this year as of right now. Could change next week. I've got that week to kind of fiddle around with it, but they're still singing at home because the Raiders are going to be double digits, the Jets are going to be good this year. The Patriots are going to win the AFC East yet again. That's going to happen. So it's like you were saying, yeah, tough division, but then they've got teams from the outside. Now I have the Bengals taking a step back as of right now. I'm not quite sure how the Texans are going to look, how the Jaguars are going to look. I'm even going to throw the Raiders in there. That's I'll take the Jaguars out just with Texans, Raiders, and Bengals. 
Steelers, depending on which one wins that division, that's three teams that are going to vie for that sixth wildcard spot against you. For sure. It's just it's a challenging thing to do. And none of this really has to do with Tyrod Taylor. You mm-hmm. know, Tyrod did as much as he could last season to perform and to prove himself. And part of it wants wants you to think that it's just the quarterback desperation. Every team is so desperate to have a franchise quarterback that a Kirk Cousins can just put up one season and get a franchise tag, you know, a uh, and, and demand big money. Tyrod Taylor can put up these fourteen games where he looks good. He definitely did, but we have no clue anything else. And he can go get himself a good deal. Brock Osweiler, all he's got to do is come in when Peyton gets hurt, do pretty well with the best defense in the NFL, and then he can mm-hmm. go and get himself a big boy contract in Houston. Every team is so desperate when they think they just maybe have and found I love, him, they I go love, and get him. I love that you're using that word. I love that you're using desperate because I got a quote here from Colin Cowherd, of all people. Of course. And on his show with Jason Whitlock, Speak for Yourself, he even talked about this. And I'm just taking, it's a longer quote, but I'm going to take the little short and sweet one. It starts out, at this time last year, it was a backup. This is Buffalo. Certain cities in America are low self-esteem sports cities, Cleveland and Buffalo. Ryan Fitzpatrick is good for a half, keys to the city. Mario Williams wants to play for us, keys to the city. This is ridiculous. And it's one of those things where I'm not on the same page of, I'm not saying this contract is ridiculous because of what Colin is saying. Is he wrong? Not 100% because... There are like there are cities that are desperate for quarterbacks where it's like just fuck it, we'll take whatever we can get. I say that this is ridiculous only because of the fact you may fire your coach at the end of the year. That's mm. why this is ridiculous. It, well, it's really just a poor team management. Yeah. You know, because it doesn't make sense to do that to say, unless they're going to back down and they're not going to fire Rex. Like, you know what? But he did perform see, well I enough. I can see that now. I feel like now that you made this move, you have to go ahead and do that. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, then it's like, it well, why sense. did we make this move? Tyrod's either going to end up getting cut after two years or end up getting traded. For sure. It's just... And you know what? Maybe he'll be good enough to get traded for something. Uh, maybe some team's going to want him. But really, you know, what it comes down to is if you is the haves and the have-nots. Mm-hmm. If you are a team, if you're a city that does not have a quarterback that's in that upper tier, if you don't have like a top 10 quarterback, you are desperate and willing to take mm-hmm. anything. And Tyrod Taylor's not bad. That's the thing. He is not bad. He is a good quarterback. He proved his worth last year. But can he do it again? We don't know, but the Bills have to take a shot. They have to just blindly trust that it'll he'll be able to repeat that next year and the following year and for the next six years, really, because they just they can't risk it. They can't risk going back to having nobody. They can't risk having E.J. Manuel again, you know, or hoping well, that Cardell Jones Cardell does Jones. it. Now they got Cardell. And, I mean, if the thing happens as of right now, like I said, if my – thing happens and you're 10 and 6 and miss the playoffs then what you're 18 19 you're that 15 15 to 19 draft pick what's that going to get you a Paxton Lynch that kind of a corner mm-hmm. like if I'm basing it off of last year 
What you're going to get a Paxton Lynch, a well, Connor Cook? In that case, they're in that case they're committed. They're already committed to Tyrod Taylor for mm-hmm. five more years. You know, and I'm sure that they don't. They're not going to have to stick there for five years, uh, for the whole contract. But you know, in that case, quarterback's not really what their worry is. That's some big money for a guy who's only performed for you for one season, though. For sure, but that's not surprising because Kirk Cousins got himself that franchise. Brock Osweiler went and got himself that deal. You know, I know you like to say this type of stuff too, and a lot of people feel this way about Jay Cutler, but a guy who got his deal purely based off of potential. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's a lot of these type of quarterbacks that don't really. I mean, think about Ryan Tannehill. When has Ryan Tannehill ever performed? When has he ever proved that he was worth the money that he got? I think it, it was, he's a different story. He it's may, just quarterback desperation. He may be on the end, but the one thing I want to do is today when I was kind of thinking about this, and this isn't like a, oh, this is a carbon copy to these two stats, but I was kind of thinking like, okay, when Rex was with New York, how did their quarterback, how, how did he perform? Because it was one of those things with Mark Sanchez, he was one of the highest paid Jets rookies at the time, and he got that five-year. That was before we had the kind of salary cap for rookies coming out, and there were two seasons, only two years, that he had over 3,000 yards, and I'm just taking his best because, to me, out of all the stats I look at, there are more comparable stats to Tyrod, where Tyrod did play less games, two less, but he had... Better completion by about 7%. He had less yards by 400. 3,474 was um, Mark Sanchez that year in 2011. 26 to 18 touchdown to INT. So, yes, you're in that 20 touchdown range. Of course, Tyrod didn't turn the ball over. That was one of the best things he did. Comparable yards per completion. Tyrod getting almost a yard more per completion. However, Mark Sanchez got a yard more per game. And then QBR, this is the weird thing, though. I know Mark Sanchez's QBR was 34.37. However, the thing you got to take into consideration there is that was the first year they used QBR, and they adjusted it two years later, and then they adjusted it right before this past season. So a little tinkering, but the thing I found most kind of jarring about that is both of those teams eight and eight missed the playoffs Mm -hmm. both of them had a running back where mark sanchez had sean green who was in a thousand yard rusher LaShawn mccoy didn't rush for a thousand yards but a solid running back in the receiving game over here mark sanchez had two guys over a thousand yards in plexico burris and um blanking on his name i'm gonna look it up in a second because i got it in front of me however Tyrod Taylor, a thousand yard receiver, and Sammy Watkins. Yeah, for sure. I think the things that kind of jump out to me, obviously the interceptions. I mean, Tyrod Taylor did much better than that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, uh, I think there's like a seven percent difference in completion. Yeah, sixty three point seven to fifty six point seven. Yeah, that's a big jump. We're also assuming that in those two games that this is the difference. Tyrod Taylor, if you get if you want to get even. He's six. He's six touchdowns behind. So that's three touchdowns yeah. a game, and that that's a that's a lot to ask for. But he did play two less games. That's what I'm saying. It's a yeah. it's a lot to assume that in two games he would have thrown three touchdowns. And each. And that's the thing I was looking at. It was 
Santonio Holmes and Plexico Burris were the wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Also, Dustin Keller was there to catch passes, had about 800 yards that season for the Jets. Tyrod's main receiver was Sammy Watkins because Robert Woods was kind of eh. For sure. Yeah, they, they're definitely comparable, but I don't think it's – it's definitely not apples to apples. It's mm-hmm. definitely not a fair, just straightforward look at these two guys type of comparison. Uh, the best thing Rex Ryan has going for him, this guy's not throwing interceptions because that's what ruined uh, Mark Sanchez besides the butt fumble and Tim Tebow. That's what ruined Mark Sanchez in New York. He yeah. just threw too many interceptions. And for a guy like Tyrod Taylor to be pretty close to you know Aaron Rodgers when it comes to interceptions last mm-hmm. year, it's good company to be keeping for sure. I just think that when it comes down to it, I don't think they're dumb for giving him this contract because they had to do it. Like I said, the quarterback desperation out there, they don't have anybody. They don't want to go back to just drafting whoever they can get. Uh, so they got to do something in that case. But really, it just to me seems like the Buffalo Bills just don't know what they're doing as an organization. Well, they're getting I'm, all the pieces and then putting this random time limit on it. If I'm a Bills fan, I am praying, I am hoping – you guys got to make the playoffs. That's what you got to do. You have to make the playoffs because if Rex Ryan isn't here next year, things aren't going to be well because yeah. Coach or just, X coming in isn't going to mm-hmm. want Tyrod. Hope that the the organization's got no balls and they're not going to actually live up to their word. Mm-hmm. You know, hope that they're going to go. Oh, you know what? Nine and seven's not bad. I know we didn't make the playoffs <laughs> and we said we'd fire you, okay. but it's not bad. I want to throw this at you, and this is before we'll move on. If you're the Bills, you're in the front office, you're making the decision, fire or keep them. You finish 10-6, and six, miss the playoffs. You keep them or fire them. Stand by your word or say, you know what, 10-6 and six is good, however we didn't make the playoffs. Honestly, lose-lose situation because if you go back on your word, then you've gone back on your word. You, talk is cheap. You cannot be one of these talk is cheap kind of people. Actions speak louder than words. You have to do, you have to actually follow through on these things. You really do. But the thing is, if you follow through, you look like a fucking idiot mm-hmm. because you just got rid of a guy who got you to 10 and 6 purely because you were too prideful. Your ego was too big. You know, you said this thing, but if you don't do it, then you're the guy who randomly called out your coach and said, if you don't make the playoffs next year, you're fired. You didn't make the playoffs? Eh. You know, that's the parent that sets up this if you get one more f in school i'm gonna take that phone away they come back with an f the next day well maybe one more f one more f and i'll take your phone away you know because what well, is that phone is getting taken away what are I'll they tell, gonna do i tell you what that phone's getting taken what, away. what are Mark? the bills gonna do in this situation if they don't get rid of rex ryan and say okay fine 10 to 6 is fine mm-hmm. but you better make the playoffs next year and if you don't you're gonna get fired here's the only thing that analogy that you used is, isn't that great for this football side of it because if they're ten and six, I think you got to keep. I got. I think you got to keep them. But the thing is, just saying that you're not living up to your word. You're yeah. not backing up your words with action, and that goes. And you can't do that. And because in, the in that situation, the fans, well, in that situation, the kid is going to you know in the parent situation mm-hmm. that we have, the kid is going to know. I don't have to. I don't yeah. have to care. I can walk all over this person. The players, the coaches, the NFL as a whole will not have respect if you don't live up to your word. 
So it looks like this contract may be a lose-lose situation for the Bills if they don't make the playoffs. But Bills guys, are a lose-lose situation. You guys let us know down below what you guys think of this contract. Let's move on. We're going to move from Buffalo, the one desperate team that Colin Cowherd said, and we're going to move on to another one he mentioned in Cleveland. However, Cleveland on the offensive side of the ball this year, they bring in, I know that when we were talking pre-podcast, Mark's like, I want to keep this discussion on the players, and we will. But this offense is going to look good, and i got to mention his name because of the Wolverine, Hugh Jackson. Yeah, Hugh Jackson for sure. Um, He's a great coach to have. Now, I know before, I think it was a couple weeks ago, where I think it was an ESPN article, uh, maybe Mm NFL.com, we're talking about how they think it's so dumb for him to have tied himself to RG3 for his first time in Cleveland. Now he's tying himself to RG3. They think it's dumb. I don't think so. I don't think so either because I think that it's a fresh start. Nobody has high expectations for Robert Griffin III. Uh so I don't think that's anything to be really that concerned about. For my my thought on it is I think that the Cleveland Browns offense is going to be the most surprising offense in the NFL next year. Mm-hmm. I think that with Terrell Pryor, who is impressing everybody uh, just with these freak catches because that's what we all love. Mm-hmm. But the thing about Terrell Pryor, he's not you know, wide receiver one. He's not wide receiver two. He's going to probably be wide receiver three. We have two for a little bit for about four games, and then he'll be three. We have Corey Coleman, just got drafted first round. We have uh, Josh Gordon, a former pro bowler, just coming back off of his indefinite suspension. Now it's only four games. And don't forget big game Barnage. Gary Barnage is still there, I believe. There are a lot of pieces to the Cleveland Browns puzzle. So then when you have RG3, a guy who can do it, uh, on the ground with his legs, a guy who can kind of keep the defense guessing. He's going to mm-hmm. make them stay honest. They have a chance to be pretty damn explosive. And for a Cleveland Browns team that has not seen much success in a long time, mm-hmm. yeah, the defense is still not very good. Yeah, the run game still is not that great. That's the thing I want to look at, though. With that mm-hmm. run game, Duke Johnson needs to take that step ahead of Isaiah Crowell. Yeah, He needs to say, you know what, fuck it. I know we're doing a running back by committee with the both of us. This is my job. I'm the main guy. Mm -hmm, But I'm taking it away. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just that purely looking at RG3 and these wide receivers that Mm -hmm. they have, I think that there's going to be a big surprise. And I definitely see that, you know, a guy like Josh Gordon, just because he's missing out on these four games, or Corey Coleman, Mm -hmm. these are going to be the guys who... I don't want to say win people fantasy leagues, but win some fantasy games because they were that guy you got in round 10, round 11. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones who are showing up and putting up a big numbers. You know, they're going to be one of your top wide receivers. Not the whole season. I still firmly believe RG3 gets hurt mm-hmm. somewhere between week six and week eight. But they're going to be very surprising at the beginning and show that, hey, Cleveland's moving in the right direction. This is not playoff year for Cleveland. Mm-hmm. This is probably not even much above 500. They might be 8-8 eight and eight exactly. But I think they're going to surprise and impress in the first half of the season. And they might not be able to win all their games, but they're at least going to show people, hey, these guys got something going on. Well, I'll, I'll say this. 
first four games of the, the year for the Browns, I got them three and one. And that's solely on the Eagles. I don't know. Like, that's a toss-up. They be. I wouldn't be surprised if they start out 4-0. and Catch the Eagles off guard. Catch the Ravens off guard. Catch the um, Dolphins off guard. That week four game, I'm sticking by it. I think RG3 is going to come into Washington. He's got a lot to prove. Looking like he wants something to prove. Plus, I think that even if you ask him, then he'll say, like, oh, it doesn't mean anything. I think the fact that Washington let it leak that Kirk Cousins is, when you look at the ticket for season ticket holders for that game, who's on that ticket? Kirk Cousins. It's going to, that stabs a little bit. Even if if RG3 says it doesn't. That stings a little bit. He's going to play up for that game. I think no way he loses that game. I got the Redskins losing. And then after that, it becomes a dumpster fire. It just straight losses. However, mm-hmm. like, because it's weird. Like, teams like the Bengals, the Bills, the Jets, the Steelers, the um, the Giants, I don't think they can beat. The Giants maybe, depending on what that defense is. But, like, games like the Titans, the Chargers. The Ray, I I don't know if I said the Ravens two seconds ago. Fuck it, the Ravens again, even on the road. It's games like that which you win those three. In my standings, you're a three win. You're going from three wins to six wins. Yeah, six and ten would be a fucking run the get the floats. It's the parade. Get the floats from the Cavaliers parade because we're having another one for the Browns. (laughs) We're back. We won the championship. Get Uh, MGK. He's hanging from fucking stoplights for this. I just think that this team. You know, they're moving in the right direction. And that's the mm-hmm. thing. They were 3-13 and 13 last year. All right? No one's expecting them to be great just because RG3 showed up. I got them at that again. And here's the thing. 3-13? and 13? Yeah, I got them at 3-13. and 13. I have them going 3-1. and one, And then losing and everything else. And then losing else. everything else. I, well, I, I wouldn't go that far. Well, it's because, like, can they steal some games? Yes. However, it's some games like... The Titans, I'm kind of high on this year. I think they're going to be improved. I think the Ravens, they split. Will they go 3-13 and 13 exactly like that? No. They're definitely going to steal some games here and then. That's just kind of my gut reaction of where I have them going. No, I definitely think that, you know, they're, like I said, they're not going to be great or anything like that, but they're moving in the right direction, and they can be one of these teams that has a great passing attack. Mm-hmm. And then everything else isn't as good. It's not up to par, but at least there's something to show promise. You know, I mean, we just talked mm-hmm. about the Bills, an eight and eight team. They had one of the best running games last year. You know, they were number one in uh, rushing yards, but everything else was not good enough. So they weren't able to get above 500. And honestly, if I'm a Browns fan, I, I mean, of course you want your team to win, but I wouldn't be too angry if my team. I, I would kind of hope for two top five picks this year based on the draft class. Because if you get a top five for your pick and a top five for that Philadelphia pick, I think that this team is going to be in the best of shape if they can do that because you can go either one of two routes. If RG3 gets injured, like you have always been saying, and I kind of agree with you, he will get injured at some point, then you can take one pick at Deshaun Watson Get Leonard Fournette, boom, quarterback, and the best the best quarterback and the best running back from college this past year, boom, your offense is reloaded. Mm-hmm. Or 
As if, long as somebody doesn't steal one yeah, of these guys before you. Yeah. Or RG3 can, let's say he plays the whole season. Hugh Jackson's like, hey, you know what? He's our guy. You can still take Leonard Fournette and maybe get a guy like Miles Garrett or Jonathan Allen or even secondary help in Jabril Pepper. So there are guys at the top of this draft either defensively in Fournette or Watson and Fournette. But I think Fournette needs to be a guy the Browns target mm-hmm. in the draft next year. Or, you know, if they do want to believe in a guy like Cody Kessler, who they drafted this year, just keeps nah. keep stocking things up because that's what the Browns were this year. It was just stocking up as mm-hmm. much as they could possibly get because, you know, you throw enough out there, yeah. something's got to stick. So throw I, enough shit at the wall, some of it's going to stick. Yeah, right? I, I mean, that's basically what was going on here. They drafted as much as they could. They tried to hit pretty much every single position if possible. You know, this team here, they're moving in the right direction. They're the same thing as the Bills, except for I think that the Cleveland Browns understand where they're going as an organization, where the Bills are still thinking one thing but actually doing another. So they're just teams that are going in the right direction, even though they have perpetually sucked. Every year they're terrible. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know... Something's got to change eventually. Sometimes you change your your uniform to a brighter color and And everything gets better. And I know people in the comment section, mostly on YouTube, so hi guys, I haven't forgot you're there, but most of them are probably doing the same thing they did last week for our Blake Bortles segment and saying how the title of this video is fucking stupid, but let's answer the question that we asked. Is RG3 an offensive player of the year this season? I'm going to say no with an asterisk. And the reason why I'm saying with an asterisk is because if they go 6-10, and they go my three wins and steal some of late, I really think this team offensively with a healthy RG3, if he stays all the way through, you're looking at this offense going, holy shit, they got something in Cleveland. They've got something going on. And would it be a definite offensive player of the year in the AFC? No. Also, Tom Brady's going to play really fucking good this year when he gets back because he's going to play angry Tom Brady ball. But you're going to look at RG3 and go, huh, they got something special there. Yeah, I think that I'm along the same lines as you. Um, if the Browns can somehow get into the playoff race, you know, when RG3 is still healthy. Like 7-9? and nine. Yeah, I think that honestly, Cleveland Browns and RG3, yeah, I think he can win it. I really do. If he plays all 16 games and performs like his, like he is capable of, as we saw in his rookie year, if he can get anywhere close to that rookie season, he's got it. He has it. Nobody will have seen it coming. He's got weapons mm-hmm. uh, in the passing game for him. But the problem is he's competing with guys, you know, any any quarterback. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking quarterbacks like a Blake Bortles, like a Marcus Mariota, uh, guys who are so important to their team, and we know that their team's success is going to be based off of them. So, you know, honestly, if people want to believe in the Jacksonville Jaguars as much as they want, Blake Bortles might be the reason they get into the playoffs. Same thing with Marcus Mariota. It might be the reason they get there. Mm-hmm. Derek Carr could be that reason. You know, you got to look at these quarterbacks. Uh for the guys who are going to win it. But, hey, to go away from quarterbacks, Brandon Marshall, one of the better, if not best, wide receivers last year, if his team makes it to the playoffs, especially if they steal from the New Mm -hmm. England Patriots, why not Brandon Marshall? 
you know, if we're just talking about the offensive player of the AFC, I think a guy like him could do it. But that's getting away You're from the point. Could win the offensive player. Yeah, could win the well, offensive player. Well, I'm gonna getting away from the point a yeah, little bit because but. you brought that up. Though I just, I think Brandon Marshall needs he needs a year like that this year because of his bet with Antonio Brown. Did you hear about that? Um, Where, I actually don't think I did. Okay, so basically, Brandon Marshall said to Antonio Brown, "I'm gonna put up my. I think it's Brandon Marshall has a Porsche." And um, Antonio Brown has this black and yellow, real nice black and yellow Cadillac. Mm-hmm. And he goes, if I have more receiving yards than you at the end of the season, I get your Cadillac. If you have more than me, you get my Porsche. Yeah, so he doesn't want to lose his car. So that's going down this season. That is, because Antonio Brown <laughs> yeah. accepted that. That's dumb. That's dumb. <laughs> why put why put this random thing on yourself? You know, they your got football, enough money. They can, he just but, buy a new one. But that's one. the thing. Your football season only lasts so like your your career mm-hmm. only lasts so long, and that money dries up fast. He could just buy another on one. Plus, he's got like now it's players and their brand. But just to get back to the Browns to put this up, if the Browns want to go seven and nine, I'll give you the games they mm-hmm. got to win. They got to get two over the Ravens. They got to beat the Redskins, beat the Dolphins, beat the Titans, and then you got to go Giants and um, Chargers. Those are the seven mm-hmm. wins. For sure. Everything else is a loss. Everything else. D- the way I answered the question basically is it possible? Yes, yeah, totally possible. RG2 can do it. If he gets back to form, is it likely to happen? Probably not. But I just want it to be known that this Cleveland Browns don't be surprised when they have an explosive offense next year. Don't be surprised when they're the New York Giants of mm-hmm. last season. Great offense, everything else sucks. Don't be surprised by that because they've got all the pieces in place. RG3 just has to stay healthy. Okay, so before we move on, let us know down below what you guys think. Brown's offense, I guess you can answer the question of RG3 Offensive Player of the Year, but really what do you guys think of this Brown's offense coming into this year? We're going to move on into our last topic of the podcast. And before we officially move into it, I'm going to tell you guys this. During fantasy football season, I'm having this idea of doing, it's either going to be a Thursday or Friday video. I'm aiming for it to be a Friday video of you guys tweet me or tweet us at at Most Valuable Pod your fantasy questions all year long. And I will take your tweets and or your comments and answer them on the Friday Fantasy Edition to get you ready for your matchup. But let's talk a little fantasy football right now, Mark. And if you have the number one pick in your draft, would you take Ezekiel Elliott? No, I wouldn't for multiple reasons. One, rookie, I have no idea what to expect. AP? Two. You still taking AP? I, w- I would take AP. I was going to get to it, but I would take AP all day, every day. Uh, my team name is not in our fantasy league, but mm-hmm. my other fantasy league is all day, every day. Um, because I can't every remember year, what your team name was for us. I think Women's it was, Soccer is what it was. Oh, it used to be the something Pistols. Um, it used to be something with it was Pistols. An Aaron, it was an Aaron, Aaron Hernandez, Hernandez reference. reference. That's it. But <laughs> then I switched it to Women's Soccer. Um, uh. But all day, every day, because in that league, I, drew, I always got the number one overall pick, always and I AP. always take AP. But here's the thing. I, I take AP because he's trusted. I believe in him. you got to believe in, in drafting your running backs first. Ezekiel Elliott, he's a rookie. 
I don't want to overreact to the camp, uh, you know, getting a little roughed up, getting a little banged up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to overreact to an injury like that. But, you know, it's just I don't want to be taking that risk if I have, like, the number one overall pick or the number two pick. You know, I don't really want to take that risk. Ezekiel Elliott, if I have no, I hate to I hate to break it down like this, but if I have three or if I have four, yeah, okay, I'll take him because Antonio Brown's probably gone at that point. Adrian Peterson's probably gone at that point. OBJ's probably gone at that point. He's like the fourth, fifth, sixth best player in fantasy, mm-hmm. projected at least. And we're not talking dynasty leagues. We're not talking any special no, just, leagues. We're talking just the one you redraft every year kind of a league. Yeah, exactly. Just your random office yeah. league, things like that. So, yeah, it, it really depends for me. I'm not going to take him over Adrian Peterson. I probably am not going to take him over Antonio Brown or OBJ either. Uh, but also, let's be fair, you know, I think that Antonio Brown and the Steelers, I have them getting pretty damn close to a Super Bowl. So obviously they're performing pretty well. Odell, I, I said last year that I, I didn't believe in him, but then he proved me wrong in fantasy. So now I'm a, I'm a believer now. And I never want to question Adrian Peterson. You know, if you want to put a, if you want to make the argument about Todd Gurley, I would probably take Ezekiel Elliott over Todd Gurley. Well, and the just to gamble on it with me, I think it's all about personal preference to you for this one. And I know you're probably sitting there going, Ricky, you're copping out here, but for me, with first overall, of course, you don't have to deal with well, who's someone going to take ahead of me because there's no one ahead of you. I would probably go with AP only because I'm in. I'm a scaredy cat. I go, okay, I know what I'm getting from AP. I don't know what I'm getting from this rookie. However, there's a part of me where I target a rookie every year. Usually it's a rookie I can snab later, like, ooh, I'm going to go and take this guy or I'm going to go and take that guy and try to snab him, and he's going to be the next big thing. Odell mm-hmm. was that guy. I got him off of waivers a few weeks early before he came back from that injury when nobody was looking at him, won me my league that year. And with this one, though, with Ezekiel, the only reason why I can say you can think about him with the number one pick is the team he comes into. And it's kind of like, is it fair to make this comparison? No, but it could end up working in his favor where I know he's not the same kind of a back as DeMarco Murray, but... When the Cowboys had a decent running back, I'm going to say at least decent, I'm going to say fuck it, a great running back back there, he put up great numbers. 1,000 yards for uh, DeMarco. There's no reason why Zeke can't have 1,000 yards in his first season in the NFL with that system, with that Mm. offensive line. And that's the big thing. He's got an offensive line in front of him. He's got a quarterback and a wide receiver to take pressure off him. That's the only thing with the Vikings that worries me. If Teddy can't connect to the wide receivers, are they just going to put nine in the box and go after you? But that's what Adrian Peterson's used to, and it hasn't slowed him down yet. So fantasy-wise, it's always that chance of mm-hmm. he may not get the fan. He may do well yeah. game-wise, but, then on but the, not fantasy The other wise. side of that is Des Bryant's out there. I want to throw the ball to Des mm-hmm. Bryant. And I have a great quarterback in Tony Romo. I want them to do this. That takes away from Ezekiel Elliott. Didn't take that much away from DeMarco. 
No, no, it did not. But, but I'm saying comparing to Adrian Peterson, yeah. you know, where it's Teddy Two Gloves throwing to, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm not that concerned in that case. The other thing I want to think, and I think people are going to probably think I'm overreacting, mm-hmm. but Darren McFadden might steal some touchdowns too. Let's not forget about that. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of worried about it. I thought about it, but I, I think, think he's going to be. People are going to pick him up as their vulture. He's going to be one of those top vulture could, type of guys. But I, I honestly think early on Zeke is going to say, you know what, this is my job. I got to prove it. I think this is. More towards the number one, it's all personal preference. I think this year the best pick would be the second pick overall. Because if I'm sitting there at number two, I'll let you fucking lose all your hairs and have all your hairs turn gray for who are you going to pick, the rookie or the pro. I'll just take whoever you don't. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm sitting there, That's not, it if doesn't I'm, matter to you. If I'm sitting there at number two, Fuck it. Give me AP or give me Zeke. I'm Unless happy. someone surprises you and your number one overall pick takes Antonio Brown or oh, Odell Beckham. Then I'm taking AP. Then I'm in that same boat and I'm taking yeah. AP. So it's just, you know, you can't really go wrong. I mean, the only thing that could possibly go wrong is he gets hurt. Well, you could go wrong. You could take Jeremy Langford. Well, I'm one. saying between one and the other. Oh, okay. Between one and the other. You're not going to. You are not going Melvin Gordon number one. There's no reason why anyone would do that, though. That's the thing. There's no reason why anybody would do that. So just, you're just throw up. You go Adrian back. Peterson. You go with Todd Gurley. Um, you go with Ezekiel Elliott. None of these guys are going to be wrong. That's a better question. AP's number one. Who's number two to you, Todd Gurley or Zeke? I would I'd probably go, go Zeke. I would go with Zeke too, mm-hmm. purely because I think the team is going to be better. You know, I think with the Rams uh, are not going to be good this year. With the Rams, I don't know. Is it going to be Case Keenum? Is it going to be Jared Goff? Who's going to be that quarterback? Not that that affects the running back so much, but, they but it does have an effect on the running back. But the offensive line is also a lot better in D-Town. Oh, way better. And just the team is better. Mm-hmm. So I, I believe that because of the defense, because of a guy like Des Bryant and Tony Romo, you know, they're going to have games won. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be able to just run the clock down with Ezekiel Elliott in Dallas. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing of Adrian Peterson. They're going to be close games, sure, every now and then, but that defense is going to shut down other teams. So Adrian Peterson, he's going to be wasting clock all the time. These two are very equal in that sense. The only thing I think you can say that maybe you know you want to discredit about either one of these guys is just that Adrian Peterson, you know, people always say, hey, eventually he's going to drop off because he's old. That's that's the mm-hmm. argument that people always use. And Ezekiel Elliott, it's really just the unproven mystery. You just don't know. Those are the two things you have against either one of these guys, but you don't want to go scared either and just say, you know what, fine, I'll take Antonio Brown. No, you don't do that. You take, and here's my... Only advice to anybody: If you're new to fantasy football, if you're not doing this draft already, a quarterback draft number one a overall. Running back, you go quarterback running. one overall. There's this guy in our league who always round one. He'll take a quarterback, and it's either Drew Brees or Peyton Manning. He's going Drew Brees this year. I know. Well, Peyton's not there. Yeah, so, so he's going Drew Brees. But always take that Could running. Take, Nick Foles. take that. See, I always go double running back right mm-hmm. off the gate. Running back in the first round, running back in the second round. I won't be able to do that this year because we're 
doing some crazy we're brainchild doing, we're doing Weber. my league rules uh, my drafting rules are great basically what it is i'll let you guys in on it is you re you pick out of a hat the draft order each round and then there's a second hat for position so if so you pick, each uh, round there has you only can draft a position so and it's a random pick, order if i pick kicker out of the hat everyone's got to take a kicker that round yeah so it's just kind of it really tests your knowledge of your sleepers mm-hmm. But it also has a lot of luck to it, which is fun because our league is not a pay league, anyways. Well, we're trying. I'm trying to push it. We're trying, but I keep, yeah. it's never going to happen. No, it's not. Too it's many not. people that don't want to pay. You guys know how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that case, you might as well just do something crazy. Yeah, why not? And fun. Why not? And it, I'm the commish, so I mean, anything I say. Really, goes, what right? that means is it's a lot of collusion <laughs> that happens. Last year, just to let you guys know, <laughs> I happened to notice that. Uh, Dave Oster, I believe yes. it was. Uh, you know, you guys know who Dave Oster is. Yeah. Uh, suddenly had a super team put together <laughs> of all these players he got from Ricky Widmer uh, out of nowhere. That was two years ago. That was two was that two years, years ago? Yeah. So I just gave all my players to the Lions guy, Mike yeah. Slowinski. Said, have fun with him, bud. And it was, it was two years. Yeah, no, three years ago was that. Two years ago was when Dave and me swapped Gronk and Graham. Mm-hmm. And then I changed my team name from Instagram to Gronk if you're horny. And went and won the championship. Yeah. But you know what? Because that's when Jimmy Graham slept with Drew Brees' wife and didn't do anything for Dave. That's just how it goes. Yeah. That's how it goes sometimes. But you guys let us know down below what you guys think of anything we talked about today. Even uh, our fantasy league down below. That's going to do it for the Onside Kick this week. I want to thank you guys. If you're watching us on YouTube, thank you for sticking around and watching. I'm hoping all three segments, if you haven't. Go back and watch them all. If you're on blogtalkradio.com backslash the onside kick or listening to it on mostvaluablepodcast.com, thank you for sticking around the whole thing with us. If you're on SoundCloud, remember, October 1st, we're not going to be here no more. So uh, make sure to go over to blogtalkradio backslash mostvaluablepodcast so that you can get connected with all your favorite MVP podcasts when we move over. We're already over there, but... We're officially going to be there exclusively after October 1st. I want to thank you guys for either watching and listening. I'm at Ricky Widmer. Mark is at the Mark Weber. Thank you guys and have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.